Zen nicotine pouches deliver nicotine satisfaction anywhere, anytime, which means Zen pairs well with you, your personality, your schedule, and your spontaneity. Zen fits easily into your bag, pocket, and into your life because it's smoke-free, hands-free, and hassle-free. So the only person who will know you have a Zen pouch in is you. Visit Zinn.com or head to your local convenience store today to find your Zen. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Pause for a big thank you to our partner making today's program possible. It's Dexcom. With the new Dexcom G7, you get better diabetes results without those awful finger sticks. It sends your glucose numbers to your compatible phone or to your watch so you can always see where you are and where you're heading. See how food and exercise affect your glucose. It makes it easier to spend more time in range and lower your A1C. Take more control of your diabetes with the number one recommended CGM brand. It's so easy to get started today at Dexcom.com. Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com compatibility. Thanks, Dexcom, for being our partner. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Window treatments is one of those terms for something necessary, but boring. Your blinds. You don't even think about them unless you move or they break. Well, when they're right, everything in your home looks better. But when they're wrong, everything in your home looks tacky. But let's be honest, taking the time and the effort to pick out and buy blinds sounds expensive boring, and then think of installing them yourself. Who wants to do that? But Blinds.com makes it really easy for you. Not sure what you want or even where to start. With Blinds.com, you get a free online design consultation. Send them pictures of your home. They send back custom recommendations from a professional for what will work with your color scheme, your furniture, and your specific rooms. They even send you free samples to make sure everything looks as good in person as it does online. And every order gets free shipping. And this is the best part. If you accidentally mismeasure or pick the wrong color, if you mess it up, Blinds.com will remake your blinds for free. That's unusual. Blinds.com makes it really easy for you. There's no excuse to leave up mangled blinds to make your whole home look cheap and tacky. Don't do it. Go to Blinds.com.
And now for a limited time, get 20% off everything at Blinds.com when you use promo code NANCY. Repeat, 20% off everything at Blinds.com if you use the promo code NANCY. That's Blinds.com promo code NANCY for 20% off everything. Faux wood blinds, cellular shades, roller shades, everything. Blinds.com promo code NANCY. Rules and restrictions do apply. Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. I just didn't want to believe it at first when uh, they called me. You know, I thought maybe, uh, you know, she was just burnt just a little bit, you know. Uh, didn't, uh, didn't couldn't imagine the scale it was, you know. And I asked Barry, was she okay? And, you know, and he got real silent. And uh, he said, no, nah, man, she, she's not. And that's when my whole heart world fell, you know. He uh, told me, I he wouldn't tell me exactly where it was at. He wanted me to stay there at the house and the sheriff and him come to my house in about five minutes. They was at the house. And uh, he told me, you know, how bad she was burnt. And they was flying her to Memphis. And matter of fact, when we were standing out in the yard, the helicopter come over to pick her up. And so I took off to Memphis. We beat the helicopter to Memphis, which is only about 50-something miles from my house. We beat, we beat the helicopter there, you know, and I was just steady praying to the Lord that she'd be okay, you know. Uh, uh, and what, you know, just begging her. Well, when I got to the hospital, uh, I didn't even uh, park my vehicle. You have to, you know, pay to get in and park. I just parked in the middle of the street, took off running in the hospital or whatever, and, of course, when I got in there, didn't nobody know nothing about it or anything. You got to get a badge, and, 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 and finally I asked. Them, I said, "Where's the burn center or whatever? Where's the part of the burn center?" And you know, they said, "Well, it's uh, upstairs, down the hall, whatever." I just took off running, you know. And as a matter of fact, I, I went in places I wasn't even supposed to be, you know, uh, trying to find her. And did you? And, find uh, they her? didn't even know nothing about it. And. Of course, then they started calling around, and, and uh, they said, well, wait a minute, the helicopter's landing right now, you know. And uh, then we had to wait, 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 you know, wait on the doctors. It seemed like it was eternity, you know. Uh, and uh, then uh, when the doctor, the doctor come out and said he, could, he couldn't do nothing for her, you know. She was burnt too bad. In the face of overwhelming evidence of guilt against a man, Quentin Tellus, who was accused in the horrific burning death of a beautiful young Mississippi cheerleader, a second mistrial has been declared after that Mississippi jury failed to reach a verdict. We want justice. I'm Nancy Grace. This is Crime Stories. Thank you for being with us. You are hearing me speak to Jessica's dad, Ben, on HLN, and joining me right now is a very critical piece of the puzzle. This is Jessica's mother joining us, Lisa Chambers. Ms. Chambers, thank you for being with us. Yes. Ms. Chambers, you have no idea how many thoughts and prayers have been lifted up for you and your family throughout this horrific ordeal. When you learned this jury had mistried 
What was your reaction? Unbelievable. Um, how can you look at evidence and it it's right there? Uh, the, I mean, it was per- perfect. He's guilty. There's no doubt. You know, Miss Chambers, I recall uh, all the cases I prosecuted, many, many, more than I can even remember. And in jury trials, I looked to the victim's family because if they were convinced, in my mind, they were the people of all the people in the world that want most to have justice, to put the right guy behind bars. And the fact that you and your family firmly believe Quentin Tellis killed your girl, Jessica, convinces me even more, even in addition to all the evidence. Miss Chambers, where were you when you learned this jury had hung? We were in the room at the courthouse, in the family room. What happened? They just came and told us that um, the jury was hung, that we could leave or to beat the traffic. And all the media, just we could go ahead and go. And we did. Because this time, this go-around was crazy. I just, I, this go-around, it was kind of crazy at the courthouse. Um, you had people following you. You had stuff like, you know, kind of intimidation. And they wanted us to go ahead and go before everybody got out. You mean people were following you around the courthouse for what? Around town, uh, just hollering out, uh, you know, frequent. Um, justice for quit, things like that. Oh, my stars. Miss Chambers, I did not know that. I am so sorry those people did that. I remember trying cases, and I would leave the courthouse late in the day during a jury trial. It would already be dark, and there would be, I, I called it running the gauntlet, walking down the courthouse steps, and there would be all the defendants, family and friends, jeering, making comments. And at the time, you know, I didn't realize how dangerous that was. It just more irritated me than anything else. But there were many times I'd have to take a sheriff escort to the car or various techniques. I cannot believe people did that. Yes, ma'am. It's intimidating, but I won't be intimidated. Uh, I want my daughter to have justice at any cost. I don't care. Do you think this jury has any idea that Quentin Tellis is awaiting another murder charge in Louisiana? Probably. Um, I'm not sure, but I do know one of them had watched the first two episodes of that Oxygen documentary that's airing right now. How do you know that? We were told. You know, it's it's a shame that you have to wait for another jurisdiction to put Tellus behind bars for life. But I, I, I'm just stunned right now to Therese Apel, uh, investigative reporter with the Clarion Ledger. Therese, I had no idea that people were haters, were following Miss Chambers around the courthouse and around town, yelling out jeers at her as she's sitting in court every day trying to represent her daughter who was murdered. 
I firmly believe, by Quentin Tellis. You know, one of the things that, that happened this time that didn't happen last year was that there were people were using the term protesters. Um, there were people standing outside the courtroom with signs that said, as she said, you know, said frequent. You know, there are different things like that that we didn't see before. And I'm not sure what the shift was, except for that probably just the continued national attention on this case. Um, but yeah, I I saw overall a lot more activity um, from the community this time um, that was directed at, at the Chambers family. And I just can't believe they would pick on the victim's family. It's appalling. Ms. Chambers, when you say you will not be intimidated, what do you mean by that? I won't be intimidated. Mm-hmm. I, I just won't let anybody stop me from trying to get justice for my daughter. Um, I won't let them intimidate me. No matter what they say, I don't care. I know he's guilty, and that's just how it is. Um, they're not going to make me back down. I want justice for my daughter. I didn't get to see her right then, you know. It was uh, about two hours uh, before we uh, got to, to to go back there, you know, and um, the doctor come out, and he told me, he said, Mr. Chambers, you don't want to see your daughter out here. Yes, I do. He said, no, she's unrecognizable, you know. He said, you know, she's unrecognizable. And, uh, you know, he said he, he's never seen somebody in part that bad could live as long as she did. He said she had a strong heart. I mean, she had, had no veins or nothing uh, uh, where they could even put IVs in or, or nothing, you know. Mr. Chambers, did you get to speak to her before she went to heaven? No, 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 no ma'am, I did not. Did you get to see her? Uh, no, no. She uh, is is is. We got ready to go into the uh, a room or whatever. Uh, my sister and uh, her mother, Lisa, uh, walked in the room and uh, to see. They was in there maybe about thirty seconds, and uh, she passed away. You were hearing me speaking with Jessica's father. Ben Chambers on HLN describing that horrible day. He gets a call that his daughter had been burned badly and he races so fast he actually beats the helicopter to the hospital and never got to say goodbye to her. Joining me right now is a woman I've wanted to speak to for so long that has been the focus of prayers, thoughts, For so long now, it is Jessica Chambers' mother, Lisa, who has just endured a second trial of the men she believes murdered her daughter, burned her alive. And she vows she will seek justice on Quentin Tellis, regardless of what this jury did. With me, Lisa Chambers. Ms. Chambers, again, thank you for being with us. Ms. Chambers... That day, what led up to the moment that you discovered Jessica had been burned so badly? Nothing really. Uh, she had been asleep. Um, she left home um, around 5, 5.15. I talked to her again about 
and then I got a call from, well, no, excuse me. Um, my son went to leave the house at like 8, I think it was 8.32, and Debbie, Ben's wife, was in the driveway hollering, come on, they set her on fire. And I'm like, set who on fire? And she said, Jessica. And I said, no, I just got off the phone with her. And she said, yes, come on, the sheriff's at my house. So I rode down to her house, which is just probably 200 feet from mine. And they told us that Jessica had been set on fire. And we got in. I wanted to go to the country. They said no. So we got in the vehicle and went to the mess. Miss Chambers, did you get to see Jessica before she went to heaven? Yes, ma'am. Did you speak to her? Could she speak to you? No, ma'am. I spoke to her, but she couldn't. She couldn't speak to me. What did you tell her? Do you remember? I just told her that Mom and Daddy were there, that Daddy was in the waiting room, that he was a big old baby, and that uh, it was okay if she needed to go, that she could go, that Mom and Daddy would be okay. And she went. Miss Chambers, you're, you're bringing back so many memories to me. When my dad passed away just recently, everyone, my brother, my sister, my mom, and I were around him and everyone was saying you can go you can go and I was got up in his ear and went don't go don't do not go you got to stay with me I'll never forget it she was in in such a shape that you know you had to tell her she could go. Um, I know. I was selfish. I feel like I was she selfish, Miss Chambers. I was completely wrong. I just felt like she held on long enough to know we were there, to hear our, our voice. And I had went through it with my stepfather. And there was no way she could have made it. I mean, I would take her place any day. I know you would. I know you would. Miss Chambers, it just breaks my heart to hear you because I know, I don't know, I don't know the suffering you've been through because, you know, when my fiancé was murdered, I thought, oh, you know, I know about pain when my father, who was really my soulmate in this world, when I lost him, I just was beside myself. But I cannot even imagine losing a child. I just can't imagine losing my John David or Lucy. Miss Chambers, do you feel that Jessica has tried to communicate with you since she went to heaven? Yes, ma'am. I always, I think of Jessica as a butterfly. Um, and even in December, when she was buried, I saw a blue butterfly. And I see blue butterflies a lot, and it just feels comforting that, like, she's here. I want to go to Dr. Daniel Bober, forensic psychiatrist, joining me, which means he's not only a medical doctor, but he has studied psychiatry as well. Dr. Bober, I know you um educated and sophisticated and well-read, but you probably don't believe in messages from beyond. I do. But my question to you is not about that. My question to you is how does the human mind process not just a loss, 
but a loss so horrific caused by this man, Quentin Tellis. How do you absorb that? Because I can remember after my fiance was murdered, it, I mean, months and months had passed and I would hold my mother and not let her look away. I'd hold her by the shoulders and go, mother, is Keith dead? It's like, I just couldn't take it in. Months had passed. Nancy, this family has been through more pain and suffering than I can even imagine. You know, very often when you have a loss of this magnitude, you know, it doesn't even really set in uh, for several months. And, you know, and initially, you know, there's a lot of support from the community and family. But the hardest time is several months later when everyone sort of goes back to their own life and you're left with that emptiness and that loss. So, uh, again, my thoughts and prayers go out to the family and I, I just can't even imagine the suffering they've gone through. You know, to Kenya Johnson joining me, Atlanta veteran prosecutor, it's not only does a family have to deal with the loss in a case like this and all of them, then they ha- they can't grieve. It can't um, heal because then they've got to go through a trial. And the Chambers family has now had to go through two trials, and it's still not over. It's very touching because the family members have to hear this testimony over and over again. Every latest development, every comment, prosecutors are coming back and keeping them up to date. And it's just very alive and real and repetitive and hurtful and devastating. And But it's necessary for the process of seeking justice. What about it to Wendy Patrick, veteran prosecutor out of California? How do you help a family go through something like this when they've got to relive it for trial? Yeah, Nancy, it's very, very difficult. And our, our prayers are, are with the Chambers family. This is one of the most violent methods of execution, we'll call it what it is, one can imagine, which, by the way, is one of the reasons it may have hung twice. There are some jurors, and I know Nancy and Kenya know this, that cannot conceive of another human being being able to do this. And it is that absolute doubt that is almost overwhelming and causes them to not be able to convict even when the evidence is equally overwhelming. So to be able to explain and talk about that with the victim's family sometimes provides at least some measure of comfort to really fuel the bravery that the Chambers family, and my heart goes out to you, Mrs. Chambers, you are so brave in going through this and explaining exactly what happened. And we're also sorry you've had to be re-traumatized, not just once, but now twice with this second retrial. But that's the best that the prosecutors can do is really explain to the family why. Well, I've got a question about that to Ms. Chambers. Are the prosecutors saying anything about retrying this? Uh, no, ma'am, I haven't heard from them since the day of trial, the last day. Just when you think crime cannot, will not happen to you, it does, in a flash, and there are no second chances. I can't stop predators from coming into this world. I can't stop crime all alone, but I can sound the warning, and I can pass on to you what I have learned about keeping you and your family safe. And that is why we are announcing a brand new online course, Justice Nation, Crime Stops Here. This brand new five-episode video series allows you to go at your own pace as world-class experts in personal safety and child protection share life-saving tips and resources all for you. Get action information that you can apply to your everyday life with a focus on preparation, not panic. 
Go to nancygrace.com now. Use promo code NANCY to get 15% off for your sake, for the sake of your children, your family, and the people you love. Know what to do, know when to do it, and how to do it. Class begins Tuesday, October 16. Go to nancygrace.com and register using promo code NANCY. It's part of our system of justice, uh, which we all uh, fight jealously to, to protect and preserve. Uh, every defendant comes in this court is entitled to a jury that's as conscientious as you are about the jury's rights. And uh, I respect your decisions. Uh, your inability to reach a verdict does not mean that uh, you've not done an admirable job because you have. Uh, and this court appreciates it. So. Uh, with that, uh, I'm going to send you, I'm going to declare a mistrial in this case, and uh, I want to send you back to your jury room, and we'll be sending you home very shortly. That was Panola County Circuit Court Judge Gerald Chatham, and I'm sure he was just being polite, but I don't think they did a good job at all. I really don't. With overwhelming evidence against Quentin Tellis, who had been pestering Jessica Chambers, a young teen cheerleader out of Mississippi for sex all day long, and she had been saying no, 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 with cell phone evidence placing the two of them together out in a field, and then the cell phones going, both of them going to the spot where the car and Jessica were set on fire. Then video surveillance, I guess from a neighbor's security camera, spotting Quentin Tellis and his sister's car going into his driveway where he kept a gas can full of gas in a shed, coming right out in about two minutes, and then heading in the direction of the fire. And then after that, a hitchhiker picking up a man who says his aunt, who happens to be a relative of Quentin Tellis's, who needs to go to her house because her house had caught on fire, combined with burn marks on Quentin Tellis's arms and hands, Combined with Quentin Tellis changing his story time after time, caught in lies about where he was that day. I mean, what more do you need to prove this case? With me is Lisa Chambers. This is Jessica's mother who is not giving up. Miss Chambers, when you went to the hospital and you stood by Jessica's bed in the hospital and you told her, that you were there, that her daddy was there, and that she could go. What was going through your mind? Do you even remember? Just that it wasn't real, but it was. Um, how could somebody have done this to her? Um, that was my baby. What, she was in pain. I, could, I didn't know what to do. I, how do I fix it? I couldn't. You just want to do whatever you can to help help her feel better. There was nothing I could do. But to tell her that it was okay, she could go. Miss Chambers, when you went in to the hospital room, do you think that she could see you? Do you think she knew that you were there? I don't think she could see me, but yes, I do think mm -hmm. she knew I was there. Mm -hmm. Why do you say that? I think she held on till we got just from family was in the room. Um, because I was there when she passed, and I hadn't been there just very shortly, uh, just long enough to tell her that we were there and that it was okay. And then she she went right there with me standing beside her. Miss Chambers, 
during this trial, what do you believe went wrong with this jury? I believe they harped a lot on the Eric when I don't think that's what she said at all. I think if in her state of mind, if she was unconscious at one point and driven to another point and woke up on fire up against a tree that possibly she thought she had had a wreck and that maybe when she got out and she was trying to tell them her name and they instead of asking what happened, they asked who did this to you? And I think she was trying to say, a wreck, a wreck. And they got Eric from it. But that's just my opinion. Take a listen to Sheriff's Detective Barry Thompson. And I'm not going to gloss over the fact. Did you did you did you contact Daniel Cole about getting statements for first responders? Yes. And from those statements, was there a name that resonated? Yes. And what was that name? From the statements, a lot of the firemen had heard what they believed to be Eric or Derek. And was Eric or Derek initially the thought? Yes. Sir. As an investigator, did you close your investigation to only Eric or Derek's? No. Sir. But. Yes, at first they thought she was saying Eric, but on the witness stand, they clarified she was saying Eric. That was interpreted to mean Eric, but listen to this speech pathologist, Dr. Carolyn Higdon. It would because you have to have the breath pressure first, so if the lungs are damaged, they're not going to be elastic enough to take in the amount of the air to allow that to push on through the vocal folds. And in the, the pharyngeal area you said a minute ago, wh wh exactly what is that? The laryngeal area is what we call our voice box. It's where our vocal folds are, our larynx. Okay. And if those are damaged by inhalation of smoke or fire, would that affect the ability to make an articulate sound? Yes, it would. The vocal folds are very thin and they're very pliable. And if there's anything that attaches to those cords, it's going to keep them from moving the way they should. I use my hands like this. Um, but I tell students all the time, you, um, the cords are to look like this. But if there's anything impinging like a growth or something hanging on the cord, they're not going to close and open the way they're supposed to. Translation, there was no way Jessica Chambers was able to speak. As a matter of fact, the night that we discovered about Jessica's attack, at first people believed and it was reported that it was a death by lighter fluid. The inside of her mouth and her throat and her air passages leading down to her lungs, looked as if someone had squirted lighter fluid down her mouth and set her on fire. They were actually charred from smoke inhalation and breathing in around a, a fire. There's no way she could have said anything. Many people believe when she said, eh, she was trying to say, tell us. We don't know what she was trying to say. There is a mountain of evidence indicating, proving Quentin Tellis was guilty. Miss Chambers, Jessica's mother, what do you think was the strongest evidence showing he did this thing to Jessica? The cell phone data um, and all the video. Every, I mean, he was with her on the phones. They're together. Every, it's just no possible way that it was anyone else but him. To Vincent Hill, cop-turned-private investigator, Vincent, I mean, it's 
It's unbelievable. It's fantastical to believe that he's pestering her all day long. Their cell phones are together. And then one hour after they're together, she's dead. And what, somebody else snuck up in there in that 45-minute window and killed her? That's crazy talk. It's crazy. Miss Chambers is right. The cell phone data, Nancy, suggests without a doubt that this was Quentin. And one of the things I found interesting at 746, Tellus calls his sister and says, hey, I'm, or he calls uh, his girlfriend and says, I'm walking to my sister's house. And that route where Jessica was found, there's a cut through that would lead to exactly where his sister lives. So, I mean, the evidence was right there, Nancy. I still can't believe this jury could not come up with a guilty verdict in this case. Ms. Chambers, during the trial, did you make eye contact with the jury? How were they behaving? They were paying attention. I mean, it seemed like they were paying attention, uh, taking notes. Um, this jury was much more attentive than the last, the first jury. Um, you would have thought that, yeah, they would come back definitely guilty. What went through your mind when they told you the jury hung? Oh, I don't know if I can even say that. Um, what would they hang on? I, I don't, you know, I was just total shock. I mean, this, it, if it was like a perfect picture. Um I don't have it. I can't. I'm still in shock that they did that. Uh, I'm just, it's unbelievable. Why was he even on the street? He should have never been out of jail, you know? The crimes he was committed and the things he'd done while he was in prison, he should have never been out. He was, he only got out of prison in October, and he killed my daughter in December. Like, he should have never been on the street. That's my, that's my problem. You are hearing Jessica's father, Ben Chambers, just incredulous, in shock that Quentin Tellus, the man I believe murdered his daughter, Jessica, was even walking the streets to start with. With me right now, reacting to the jury's mistrial, is Jessica's mother, Lisa, and she is not giving up. Joining me right now, renowned criminal defense attorney, Eric Johnson. Eric, another jurisdiction is waiting on him, Quentin Tellus to try him in the murder of another young girl he had been hanging around and pestering, Mandy So, in Louisiana, a grad student. How does the extradition process go? How will he get to Louisiana for that trial? Well, the easiest way that he can get there is to waive extradition and then sign over and the state will come pick him up. If he contests the matter, then the state of Louisiana would have to prove to the state that he's in right now that they have evidence against him and charge against him that are valid and a warrant for his arrest. And once that is proven to a judge in the state of Mississippi where he is right now, he would be transported over to Louisiana. To Therese Apel, Clarion Ledger reporter, what exactly is the nature of the evidence against this guy, Quentin Tellis, in the case of Mandy So's murder? Well, probably the biggest piece of evidence, he had used her credit cards and has been convicted of basically a credit card fraud. They found a receipt for seven cents where he went to check and see if it worked, I think. In addition, they have him on video. But I think the biggest thing is that they have a witness that I believe will testify. They were swapping stories of, you know, one time I, I don't know, robbed a gas station or something, things like that. And then Quentin one time allegedly told him that he had tortured a woman to death for her PIN number and then taken her credit cards to use them. And when you look at the evidence in, in Mandy's case, she was stabbed over 30 times with superficial stabs and then once with a fatal stab. And authorities believe very much that that's what Quentin was talking about. These two murders are separated by only about 225 miles in eight months. The common link is Quentin Tellus. Mandy So, a graduate student in Louisiana, apparently had 
some relationship uh, friend-wise, not romantic, with Quentin Tellis. She was there at University of Louisiana at Monroe, and cops say whoever killed her stabbed her about 37 times inside her apartment. Neighbors identify Quentin Tellis around her apartment that day. Not only that, but video footage shows them together at a Walmart the day before. They say that Tellus picked up So's prescription for a painkiller, a common painkiller called Lortab. And we also learn the neighbors say they saw Tellus coming in and out of her apartment in the days leading up to her death. That the neighbors felt, quote, creeped out by Tellus. Then we find out he calls his family and gets them to try to use Mandy's ATM card at a Chase bank. Okay? Trying to che- he tried to check the balance in her account. Then two calls go to Chase Bank from Tellus's phone with her pen, okay, entered into the phone to find out the balance. The next day, he asked his mother-in-law's neighbor to take a, quote, Blue Chase debit card with a Chinese name on it, so, HSO, to an ATM and get $2,000. Wow. I wonder who killed her. So, we see the common thread emerging, Miss Chambers, of a young girl, a young woman, who doesn't go along with his plan. In Mandy So's case, it was, give me your money. Give me all your money. Let me drain your ATM. Do it or I'll kill you. Or with Jessica, he pestered her for sex all day long. She said, no, 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 no. So he killed her. Same M.O., Miss Chambers. Exactly. When you realize that he has killed not one but two young girls, how does that affect you, Miss Chambers? Mandy would be alive. Jessica would be alive had he not ever gotten out early in the first place. Um, it's if if they hadn't caught him with Mandy, I wonder if they had ever caught him at all. How many more would there be? Uh, if somebody. Some jury doesn't pay attention. I have to say there will be more. I think he has no conscience. He doesn't. He doesn't care. And it's just I can't believe that he's allowed to do this stuff. I just don't understand. I can't either. I cannot either, Miss Chambers. How has this what he did to Jessica? And I pray to God that the Lord numbed her so she did not feel the pain of what he did to her. Could you tell our listeners how this horrific crime on your baby girl has affected your life? I can't do anything. Um, I don't leave my house much anymore. I mean, I live right here. Um, we're all in like two miles of each other. Um, you don't want to leave home. You don't. It's hard to explain. It's when I leave, I know she's no longer here, but as long as I'm home, I feel she's here. So I try to stay home. Um, you don't want to go out in public you just because people have to say something. And you don't know how to answer them. Uh, like, how are you today? Well, how do you think I am? I'm lost. Um, part of my heart's gone. Um, it's just, it's just, it's like part of me is dead. I can't really explain to you. You just no longer want to 
function. I can't function. To be honest, I can't. Miss Chambers, what is your most vivid memory of Jessica? Just her sitting here all the time, texting on her phone, um, the cheering, um, her being a flyer. Everything about it, I can remember everything, down to the faces she made as a child, to the pictures she would take sticking her tongue out. To, I can remember everything about her. It's it's not one memory that I don't have. I don't remember it all. Miss Chambers, right now, what is your message to Quentin Tellis? You won't, you won't get away with it. I don't care what the jury decides. You won't get away with it. God has the final say. You can't, you can hide and you can lie to all people you want to. But you can't lie to him. He already knows. Miss Chambers, please know that we are thinking of you and praying for you. And if I could take this journey with you, I would. But I've learned the hard way. It's a road you have to walk alone. And all I can say is God bless you. And Quentin, tell us, you are going to rot in hell. Nancy Grace, Crime Story, signing off. Goodbye, friend. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Big thank you to our partner making today's crime stories possible. It's Lisa Mattress. Lisa's Sapira Hybrid has been named Wirecutter's best hybrid mattress five years running. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com forward slash Nancy for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. That's L-E-E-S-A dot com forward slash Nancy. Thanks, Lisa Mattress, for being our partner. Big thank you to our partner making today's crime stories possible. It's Easy Breathe Ventilation. You've got to win that battle against musty, damp basement air with the Easy Breathe Ventilation System. Listen, I've got a basement. I know. Take charge of your indoor air. It's easy with basement ventilation to remove musty odors, pollutants, allergens, airborne particles by 85%. An Easy Breathe ventilation system creates air exchanges for cleaner, fresher, healthy indoor air. And right now, get $250 off your own Easy Breathe ventilation system. Just call 866-822-7328 or go to TakeChargeOfYourAir.com today. Thanks, Easy Breathe, for being our partner. Pause for a big thank you to our partner making today's program possible. It's Dexcom. 
with the new Dexcom G7, you get better diabetes results without those awful finger sticks. It sends your glucose numbers to your compatible phone or to your watch, so you can always see where you are and where you're heading. See how food and exercise affect your glucose. It makes it easier to spend more time in range and lower your A1C. Take more control of your diabetes with the number one recommended CGM brand. It's so easy to get started today at Dexcom.com. Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com slash compatibility. Thanks, Dexcom, for being our partner.